0: Well, welcome to the conclusion of our series that we've been calling Brand New You. And so far we've been uh, talking about worry and anger, and isolation and passivity and a lack of purpose. Well, today we want to talk about stress. And everybody experiences stress and struggles with stress. In fact, I think that you could say that stress is kind of epidemic. In our culture. And to test that theory, uh, a few days ago we went to uh, Fairfield Center just to talk to some of our neighbors, and here's what they said I'm doing a video for my church on stress and what (laughs) stresses you out. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh because I'm always stressed. Uh, yeah, when I when I wake up in the morning and I have like eight emails that I need to answer uh, in the next like half an hour, that that's pretty stressful. I try not to be a stressed person. I live my life to the fullest every day. Dealing with family, always. Um, I don't understand why, but <laughs> I think it's a, a, a I think it comes from a, a, a too much familiarity with each other and license to just. You know, not hold back whatever comes out of your mouth. Actually, I experienced it driving through Fairfield just to meet my daughter at uh, Central. Somebody was coming up so quickly behind me, I thought she was going to hit me. Then she cut through the gas station on the corner in order to not stop at the light. I mean, she was in that much of a rush. And, of course, I was angry, so then my stress level went up. And I I was just, it's just a chain reaction. I think that's what's wrong with everyone around here. We're so rushing. I love the uh, honesty of the people in our town. And uh, I feel sorry for cutting her off. I didn't really mean to do that. (laughs) And uh, I was in a hurry. But, uh, you know, uh, there is a drumbeat. There's just a drumbeat of constant stress that we have to deal with. Now, what are we going to do about it? Well, The truth is, we don't have to. We don't have to keep growing more and more stressed, more and more overwhelmed, more and more fatigued and angry and desperate over the constant pressures in our lives. Because in the Bible, God reveals some strategies for overcoming stress. And if I understand and apply these strategies, I can live with a brand new victory Over these overwhelming pressures in my life. The first strategy that I need to understand and apply begins with my basic need to analyze my sources of stress. Uh, It's amazing how much I complain about being overwhelmed, but how little I actually stop to analyze what I'm so stressed out about. Now, you may be saying, hey... I don't need to do any analysis. I know why I'm stressed out. I'm pressured at work. I'm overwhelmed at home. And I've got schedules for my schedules because I don't have enough time to do everything that needs to be done. These generalities don't help. Uh, If I want to overcome stress, I need to analyze each area of my life and ask, are the sources of my stress avoidable? or unavoidable, self-imposed or externally imposed, meaningful or meaningless. First, I need to analyze whether my sources of stress are avoidable or unavoidable. Now, let's be honest, I mean, probably the worst kinds of stress uh, that we all experience are unavoidable. Uh, Things like the death of a family member or a loss of a job or a health crisis. Nobody chooses this stuff. And so these are stresses that are completely unavoidable. And a little bit later, I'm going to give uh, some hints about God's strategies for uh, dealing with these unavoidable stresses in life. But let's first start with some really good news. And that is that For the most part, the things that we get most stressed out about are things that are completely avoidable. I remember uh, meeting with a woman who was an absolute wreck. She told me that stress was killing her, ruining her life. And although she had a job, it was uh, being a mom to her two young daughters that had her at the end of her rope. So due to stress, she was always fighting with her daughters and yelling at them to hurry and screaming at them because they dropped assignments or because they were behind schedule. And after telling me how miserable she was, I said, could we just uh, list the sources of your stress so that we could analyze them? And so she started to describe how all week long, every week, she went through a gauntlet of activities with her daughters, uh, soccer, ice skating, softball, karate, kickboxing, drama, dance, and classes on piano, and percussion, and painting, and pottery, and Portuguese cooking. And uh, and I, I said, okay, all right, since the stress is killing you, you and your daughters just need to eliminate some of these unnecessary commitments. And then she looked at me like I had just uttered the ultimate Fairfield County blasphemy. And she said, all of these activities are absolutely necessary. And then she went on to tell me that uh, what really was sending her over the cliff was uh, preparing for her younger daughter's circus-themed a uh, birthday party, complete with jugglers and clowns and a live giraffe, and how this was absolutely necessary too. Completely missing the irony of the fact that she was planning a birthday party that was itself a three-ring circus. And uh, and I said, you know what I think your daughter would really like for her birthday? I think she would like a simple cake and a mother who wouldn't yell and scream at her all year long to get in the car and go to painting and pottering and Portuguese cooking. And, uh, you know, this woman is extreme, but I see myself in her and her blindness toward how much of my stress in life is self-manufactured and is completely avoidable, which... uh, Leads to the, uh, the next uh, level of my analysis, which is where I ask myself of my s- sources of stress. How much of my stress is self-imposed and how much is imposed upon me by others? In the case of this stressed out woman I've been talking about, uh, she was not being pressured by her daughters to have these Broadway birthday parties. It was self Imposed. Uh, Or at least she thought it was totally self-imposed until she actually analyzed herself and her reason that she was stressed out and came to the realization that so much of it actually came from a low self-image and an insecurity and a desire to impress other people. And I think that if we analyze our stress, our eyes will suddenly open to the realization that So much of our stress comes from this unhealthy desire to impress other people. You know, I say that uh, I'm in slavery to my office job because that's what the job requires. But I'm really, I'm climbing the corporate ladder at a fervent pace because I am trying to impress a dad who never approved of me. Or in a similar way, sociologists tell us that the majority of the financial stress of our Fairfield County culture is the result of a debt pressure that comes from trying to look like we have more money than we really have. And it's this desire to impress by fitting into a certain standard of living group that we cannot afford. Which leads to one more analysis. I need to analyze whether the sources of my stress are meaningful or meaningless. You know, it's tempting to say, hey, what I'm going to do is I'm going to analyze my stresses in life and I'm going to separate them into unavoidable stress and avoidable stress, and then I am going to eliminate all avoidable stress in my life. Tempting to say, but it's not realistic among other reasons, because there is some stress that is completely avoidable, but I will still choose because it's meaningful stress. You know, there is some stress that is truly chosen because it's meaningful. The classic example of meaningful stress is when a husband and a wife choose to give birth to a child. The whole process of giving birth and then committing to a human being for the rest of that human being's life is avoidable stress, but there is nothing more meaningful. Uh, I was in the delivery room at the birth of my kids with all this intense stress and pressure and pain, and it had to be hard for my wife too, but I, (laughs) you know, it was so stressful. I mean, I, I almost stopped filming, but it was, uh, it was meaningful stress, but there's also meaningless stress, and you say, what's meaningless stress, what's, what's a mindless Uh, Busyness in my life. Well, that's what meaningless stress is. It's just that rat race busyness. And you say, well, what is meaningless busyness? Well, that's what happens when you actually stop and you analyze with your schedule. You can determine what is really just busyness that's adding to your stress level. And, you know, this is the kind of analysis that Jesus wants to be involved in. He wants you to involve him in that analysis of what's meaningful and what's meaningless. I know of a woman who was helped by Jesus on this very level. In uh, Luke uh, chapter 10, uh, we're told that uh, Jesus visited a home occupied by two sisters named Mary and Martha. And we're told that as soon as Jesus came into this home, uh, one of those two sisters uh, sat near him and listened to him and then uh, and then shared her life uh, with Jesus. Her, her, this was Mary and Mary was uh, asking questions and then listening some more. Meanwhile, her sister Martha was in the kitchen preparing snacks and drinks. And she was whipping up delicious treats and following recipes line by line. And she was putting doilies on on different serving pieces. She had garnishes for every plate. We're not told Martha's last name, but I'm pretty sure it was Stuart. uh, (laughs) But this Martha was really upset. And uh, it was not a good thing. And so uh, this Martha was upset because Mary was not helping her with the preparations. And so while Mary was in there with Jesus, just listening uh, to Jesus and sharing time with him, Martha was getting angrier and angrier and started banging the pots on the counter louder and louder. But Mary never came to help. And then finally, Martha couldn't stand it any longer. So she stormed into the living room and said, Jesus, will you please tell my sister to come in the kitchen And help me. Now what is Jesus going to say? And we're told in Luke chapter 10 that Jesus looked at Martha with this love in his eyes. And he said, Martha, Martha, you are busy, busy, busy with many things that are not important. Mary has chosen what is most important right now. And so I'm not going to send Mary into the kitchen, but I'm going to invite you to come and sit with us. And you see, here you have Jesus getting involved at this very practical point in the life of Martha and helping her to understand what is meaningful and what is just meaningless busyness. If Martha just would have analyzed the situation, she would have realized that her busyness was not only stressing her out, but she was missing what was most important, a -a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity with Jesus. And that's why God's first strategy for overcoming stress is to analyze my sources of stress. And just like he did for Martha, Jesus wants to help me sort through what is avoidable and what is unavoidable stress, what is self-imposed and what is imposed by others' stress, what is meaningful and what is meaningless stress. But you say, all right, what happens if after I analyze all my stress, I'm still left with this Full plate. Doesn't God give me any other strategies for perspective in the midst of all this pressure? And the answer is yes. There is a one-sentence command in Scripture that has done more to relieve stress worldwide and down through the millennia than any other statement in history. And this one statement contains a principle that if you understand it and apply it, it will change your life when it comes to stress. Here's the statement. It comes from Exodus chapter 20. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. And most uh, of us recognize this statement because it is the fourth of the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt honor the Sabbath day and keep it holy. This principle is God's second strategy for overcoming stress. Take the time to stop at least once a week. At least one day a week. The word Sabbath is a Hebrew word that just means stop. And that's exactly what God calls His people to do. At least one day a week, God calls His people to stop working, stop laboring, stop stressing, and do three things instead. The three things God wants me to do on the Sabbath can be summarized in three words. The Sabbath is a day to stop. And reflect, refresh, and refocus. First, the Sabbath is a day to stop and reflect. Now, when I mentioned that God's first uh, overcoming stress strategy is to analyze the sources of your stress, you said, well, that's never going to happen because I'm too busy and too stressed out to analyze why I'm stressed out. Well, God anticipated that response by giving you the Sabbath one day every week where you can stop and reflect stop and analyze stop and make sure that you are actually living and not just running a rat race and some of us are running a rat race and this device is a symbol of that experience Many of us will never find any kind of victory over stress until we learn to put some Sabbath boundaries on this device. It's a great tool, but it can be electronic slavery where you're always on, you're always working and you can't stop and you can't get relief from the stress. And maybe the only way you can break your addiction from this electronic slavery is to turn it off on the Sabbath. Maybe the only way that you can get real freedom over stress is to turn the device off on Sunday. Just turn it off. I'm not going to do that, but maybe uh, you should do it and then, you know, text me about it. Okay. Um, I'm kidding. We all need to put Sabbath boundaries on these things because otherwise, will never unplug and never reflect. The second word that summarizes Sabbath is the word refresh. The fourth commandment says, For in six days the Lord made the heavens and the earth, the sea and all that's in them, but he rested on the seventh day. Now, I want to draw your attention to that word rested, because it's an English translation of a Hebrew word nepash, which means to be Refreshed and refreshed is a much better translation than rested. Because it's not as if after six days of creation God just collapsed and said, Angels, will you cut the harps and give me forty winks here? I'm tired. No. God didn't need a nap. It means refreshed. Neposh means refresh, and that's what God did on the seventh day, and that's what He's calling us to do on the Sabbath is stop and just refresh by enjoying what God has created. Stop and enjoy your family with a picnic. Stop and enjoy creation with a hike or a walk on the beach. Stop and enjoy a day without rushing, without deadlines, without schedules. Lastly, Sabbath is a day to stop and refocus. God gives me a Sabbath day where at least once a week, I can refocus on who I am and what my purpose in life is. In the Sabbath, I'm reminded that I am not just a worker, but I have been created to be a worshiper. And that is where I find my my victory over stress is in the thriving that comes with being who I've been created to be in that relationship with God. And part of that... Refocusing task obviously includes corporate worship. And so this is not to our guests, but uh, to those of you who consider BlackRock your church, and you're here this week, but you're not going to be here next week. Could I just uh, say that that you ought to rethink this. You know, you you say you're here this week, but next Sunday, you know, if the weather's really good, you won't be here. Or if the weather's really bad, you won't be here. Or if you had a really hard week, you're not going to feel up to being here. Or if you had a really good week, you don't feel like you need to be here. You know? If you have this attitude of take it or leave it, when it comes to corporate worship, you haven't begun to experience the benefits that flow out of the Sabbath and what God's plan is for you in terms of overcoming stress. It has to do with your attendance in worship to refocus. And earlier I said, you know, there are unavoidable stresses like the loss of a loved one, a loss of a job, a health crisis. How do you overcome stress like that? Well... If you're looking at psychology, you're looking in the wrong place. If you're looking into uh, more money or a bigger car or a bigger house, you're looking in the wrong place. The only hope you have for really overcoming stress is to have a changed heart that comes from a new relationship with God through following Jesus and faith in Him. In fact, it was Jesus Himself who said this in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Napash. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find napash, refreshment for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus is a friend who strengthens you in stress. His love gives you the security to break your addiction to busyness, gives you security so that you don't have to impress other people. Jesus fills you with His Spirit to give you the power to analyze your sources of stress and then find the blessings reaped out of the Sabbath. Come to Jesus and experience Napash refreshment and rest. Come to Jesus and find strength over stress. Let's pray. Jesus, we thank you for coming to us. Thank you for giving us the opportunity to have a brand new relationship with our Creator. Now, God, we pray that as we come to your uh, table now for these elements of the bread and the cup, would you bring us back to this place of total refreshment as as we take this opportunity to reflect and refresh and refocus on where the true victory over stress comes from, our relationship with you. On the night that Jesus was betrayed, He took bread. And after He gave thanks, He broke it and said, This is My body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. said, do this in remembrance of me. The same way Jesus also took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for the forgiveness of all your sins. Do this in remembrance of me. Jesus, as we take this cup, we just pray that this would be that moment when we are able to, in your presence, analyze our stress, just like you helped Martha. Would you help us to understand our stress and how we can find true peace in a relationship with you? Lord, as we spend this time now around you and your presence, we just pray that you would help us to get real strength over stress. Amen. Thank you. Disillusion was lost and insecure. It's the mercy far for my intention. You were waiting.